Lead UX, the User Experience Leadership Circle, hosted by Dr. Thomas Führinger Kult. Warm welcome to Lead UX, the UX Leadership Circle, your compass for navigating the ever-evolving landscape of UX leadership and UX maturity in organizations. My guest today is Ivan Schippers, um, and yeah, great to have you, Ivan. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Maybe you could uh, first of all introduce yourself to our listeners and describe a bit what you do, what your current role is. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, I have been a designer since the end of the 90s, uh, and with a couple of people, we started our company in 2003. It's actually our 20th birthday uh, this year. We, we are uh, celebrating it uh, accordingly, so uh, have been doing it uh, for quite a while. Um, and yeah, I was a designer for the longest time, and, and then uh, because... Uh, you're, you're doing your own projects you and the projects grow larger and larger you tend to move into that lead role as I did and then uh, I, I was a design lead for a long time uh, I do have some experience as a project manager as well so that came into practice there and uh, and then at some point the company becomes a bit bigger than than uh, you know it, it needs other types of attention not just the The actual work so and I was involved in that as well uh, and and still doing projects though because I, I felt for a long time that uh, to to lead a team and to do projects you have to have that practical um, experience as well and very current um, and that's I, saying that uh, I've lost that a couple of years back when I uh, became uh, more like a, a CEO type. That's my title. I'm not big on titles, so, but it's, you know, it's CEO, uh, which means that um, uh, I had the, the entire uh, design organization now. It's 35 people, uh, and we have uh, uh, our biggest locations in Holland, and then we have uh, two, uh, not that big yet. I haven't started that long ago in Germany and the UK, so... Uh, so UX designer by trade, um, but nowadays, uh, uh, you know, hoping to help people develop mostly. Actually, that's I mean, it's already a bit of the 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 the, uh, the idea of what we're going to talk about, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, but before we dive into all the details yeah. about UX leadership, so what is your personal motivation? What do you get up for in the morning? And what motivates you to work in the UX or design field? Yeah, so um, those are two questions. Really, uh, what gets me up in the morning is uh, <laughs> also my family, obviously. But uh, now, so uh, as, when it comes to UX, I really it's it's always very fascinating to me how actual users uh, handle digital products uh, or or don't handle them because they're not able to. Uh, uh, I've done quite a few user tests as well. 
and especially when you get into situations where uh, where people really need to be able to use a product because it has a, an impact on their daily life, uh, and and something is in the way, or something doesn't really uh, work well, and there's a lot of frustration. I, I that's really fascinating to me to be able to help these people with UX and and to uh, to be honest. The intellectual challenge of the of the puzzle, uh, I really like that as well. So it's it's really the combination of those two. Mm -hmm. And uh, has there been some um, UX highlight or design highlight lately, either from one of your projects or in your daily usage of digital products that you experienced and you would describe as really well done? Um, well, as I just said, it's been a while since I did any projects uh, myself, so. Um, what I now talk to people regularly is how to actually help grow UX design or design in general within the, the companies and seeing uh, the impact of, of these designers and these departments grow. That really is something that I, I really enjoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So, um, yeah, talking about this UX maturity and growing um, the UX work and influence inside organizations, um, it always takes a certain leadership uh, competency. So which competencies do you think good UX leaders should bring to the table? Um, that's actually an interesting question because I don't think there's one answer to that because I think there's there are different types of leaders. Um, so one of my colleagues uh, is is really leading by example, right? So he's a, a, a great designer. He's a really great analytical mind, uh, translating that uh, from mental models to uh, to actual conceptual models. Uh, he he's not a great um, communicator in the sense that you, you you don't have to put him on a stage or anything. That's not really his forte. But he leads by example, so junior designers love to to work with him. Uh, and that, but that's only one type of leadership, right? So you have people who are really um, helping people develop uh, uh, and 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 guiding them through that um, uh, process, uh, getting a sense of where to go and what it takes to get them there. Uh, you have inspirational uh, people who are. Maybe on stage, but often uh, are at the table with stakeholders as well, getting them along. So I don't think there's really one great type of leader that makes the 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 great UX leader. Um, and I, in a sense, that's good news to a lot of people, I guess, because it really has to look. You really have to look at your own strength and 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 use that to your advantage. Um, uh, but you know. I guess from a from a basic standpoint, building bridges is is I think one of the things that UX designers are typically great at. So if if you do that, then you're well on your way to being a good leader. That's uh, that will be my answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Thank you. So, yeah, building bridges is really good. Um, yeah, good um, way to formulate the the from my point of view, really a one crucial uh, competency because. To my experience, um, there are often conflicting goals inside organizations. So you have marketing, you have the development guys, you have the designers, you have the UX concept developers, the researchers maybe. So from from your 
experience, what are your strategies and best practices to overcome or maybe even avoid those um, conflicting targets? Right. Um, I, I, I guess my, my, my mentor would say uh, 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 if people have different interests, it is your job to bring them together, right? So building a, a solution or, or creating a solution that uh, has all the different requirements um, in the solution is really what we designers uh, should be tasked with. Having said that, um, you know, we have a lot of practical uh, or day-to-day -day, uh, situations where uh, conflicts can arise that, you know, from a from a personal standpoint might be a bit frustrating when they're you know taste for instance you know you can't handle taste taste isn't really something you could use as a as a decider and the same goes for religious wars where where you know one department has a certain vision about something and the other department has a different vision so those tend to be hard um what really helps a lot of the time i mean i, I guess a lot of design methods were were thought of to to handle that type of thing but what in my experience has helps really well is is to visualize uh, and we use a term here that, uh, that's that's um, uh, requirements by design because a lot of people they have their views on things or they have their thoughts but it's really hard for them to determine if a solution is is what they is is the type of solution they like without seeing anything so uh, even with really early mock-ups we tell stakeholders this really is not probably not what the product will look like in the end but if you tell me this then it could look like this which is for a lot of people uh, uh, a better way of of giving feedback than showing them designs and and saying you know this is the product uh, and what helps, especially in, in political situations, is that they're much better able to, um, uh, to give feedback and make their point clear. So they can tell you much better why they have certain types of requirements. And that really is with conflict, obviously, a lot of the time what you need, not just the, what they tell you, but what are the reasons for their standpoints. And, and that really helps to... Uh, to do away with a lot of the conflict. Not any, not every conflict. I mean, I uh, won't get into political situations, but uh, 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 you know, as a designer, there are quite a few things that that we have to handle conflicts. As a, uh, yeah. Mm, yeah. So, in talking of prototypes and mockups, my experience is that often uh, non-UX or non-design people have a hard time to um, imagine that they look at a prototype which does not reflect the final design. So if you have already certain colors uh, implemented, you will often end up, or at least that's my experience, maybe you have different um, views on that. Uh, you often end up talking about colors and stuff instead of interaction concepts. So my experience is that um, if we show prototypes, it's definitely a good idea to keep it to a wireframe uh, base without any coloring. Do you share this uh, experience? Um, yes and no. Uh, as you Germans would say, Jein. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I guess the higher higher maturity level, the the clients, um, uh, you can handle that differently, uh, especially because when uh, a more mature client has a design system, uh, you can use those patterns already and 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 be a bit more advanced in in what the design could look like, because you will be using certain patterns, uh, and that helps obviously in. in in let's say selling the design as well because you can tell stakeholders you know as a company these are the patterns and solutions that we use in every product uh, this is a very specific product with a specific goal but you know a lot of those patterns we see them recurring so we we can use this type of solution for that and because with a design system you already way ahead of your wireframe uh, you can really you know go further than that I would say in a, a less mature company uh, that that is really uh, and most of those not most of those a lot of those might be let's say software companies in general they they really need a bit more guidance uh, and starting out with a with a wireframe really helps to uh, uh, to to focus on on the interaction designs and the patterns so. Um, yeah, so so I would say the the maturity level really determines what the what the easiest way is to go forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and talking of maturity levels, uh, you mentioned um, a design system as one component, which is yeah, or which shows that a company has reached a certain maturity level. So, which other um, yeah components would you recommend uh, to companies who want to grow their maturity level, or which kind of other processes? Are important from from your point of view to grow the maturity level in an organization. Right, right. Um, um, measurements is one of them, um, uh, and and that gives people the idea: Are we doing the right things? But also, they can be used as proof uh, to other stakeholders. Um, so one of the things that we've been doing a lot of uh, for the past few years is making the personal development of design is much more uh, uh, design specific, um, which means that uh, we used to have a system where we were looking at generic uh, uh, competences or, or skills, uh, but we have a system in place now that really uh, has, a, has both. So, you need those generic skills or, or let's say the, the more uh, general skills like uh, uh, being communicative, uh, leadership skills, uh, stakeholder management, all that kind of stuff. Ref reflection is also a very important part of that. But the other side, you have all those design-specific skills and competences. Uh, uh, how, con how good are you conceptually? How good is your research? Um, how good are you at design processes uh, or planning? Uh, uh, how good are you at detailed design? Uh, and combining that to a system where people um, uh, have their own personal growth and their personal uh, um, uh, path. What that also does is, and, and that's when it impacts the organization, is that you can be much more uh, specific of which designer fits into which role in which project. So putting a, a not necessarily a junior designer, but a, a designer who hasn't 
uh, been able to uh, well, gather that much experience. You don't put them in a role where you need uh, uh, someone who can really sta- stand up to stakeholders, for instance. Uh, so that that added maturity gives you the the tools to uh, um, to pinpoint what is needed for every project. Uh, so I would say. Uh, a, a really great development uh, system. You really need that to uh, to level up your uh, your organization. Uh, that also gives you much more handling on on recruitment, right? So you, you're much better able to see what do we need in our organization. Um, and what we see is when when uh, clients grow from being immature to being a bit more mature as they. They know which people to get now, but not very specifically. So they get all these UX designers in, and when they're inside, they're starting to organize them. Uh, so you're a bit further ahead when you are more specific as to what designers, what capabilities, what skill level, what what experience do you need, and then you can hire for that. So so yeah, that that would be a great addition to uh, the design system for maturity. Mm-hmm. And do you think it's important to have somebody on VP or um, yeah, a, a UX um, C, C level um, right. person inside as well? Um, that's not a definite yes or no for me. <laughs> um, I mean, it's you know, most designers would say yes. We need a design. We need someone who at least has that uh, feel for what what design brings. Um, at the same time, uh, every organization is built differently and has different uh, priorities, right? So, um, I, I guess uh, a balance between uh, top down and bottom up is the best uh, solution here where you, you know, if you have a great design um, a department with great designers in it, uh, in my experience, the, the role of that team will grow and grow because other stakeholders find out what the impact is and what the value is of, of that team. Uh, but you still need someone, you know, who in, in, in really big organizations uh, tend to fight about priorities uh, uh, that that will know the value of, of your design team uh, to give them the priority that it sometimes needs. Do they have to be on sea level? Maybe just below. Uh, but in the end, obviously, when you've really hit that maturity level, there's really no question anymore about is it important or not. Uh, we, we need it as part of our processes. It's part of our build um, But yeah, for a lot of companies, that's still a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And now talking of attracting talent and growing the UX team. So are there any recommendations from your side how companies could attract the talent they need and even more important nowadays, maybe also keep the talent inside the organization? Right. Um, someone asked me this last week and I the first term I came to mind was attention. Uh That's keeping people in, obviously, so giving them the, t- the attention that they need. Um, because, you know, hiring you don't hire anyone and then say, okay, you'll be doing fine. And then I'll, I'll speak to you on your yearly review and that's it. People really need that attention and, and to 
be involved with the organization, but also to get a get a feeling of what type of development path are they on. Uh, and with us, it's really part of our culture that that you know being connected to each other. Uh, but that's different for every organization, obviously. Um, getting new recruits, getting new UX designers, I think, in my experience, is it's really important for them to uh, know that they are not the only one doing UX design. That's one. Uh, and the other part is that they are really doing UX design. Um, and when you've convinced them, when you've shown them those two things to be true with your company, then you're halfway there. Um, because they didn't, you know, they didn't come to you and, and speak to you because they weren't interested. They are interested, but they, they, most of the designers, and, and it's in Holland a bit different because uh, uh, the market of UX designers has grown a, a bit more mature. So we have quite a few uh, uh, companies and organizations now where they are more mature. So where uh, a, a candidate will find other designers as well. Uh, but in the past, and I find this to be true in, in Germany as well, there are still a lot of places where a designer is doing a solo job. Uh, really hard to convince other people to get more designers in, especially if they don't have that much experience themselves yet. Uh, but they want to, to grow, right? They want to, to develop themselves and they are looking for other designers where they can learn from them. And uh, so that's one, one of the big issues. And then the other part is a lot of um, companies where they do UX design, they it's not always UX. It's a lot of the time it's it's uh, uh, limited to UI design. Um, uh, people are not uh, don't have the uh, uh, capability. Under they do have the capability, but they're not don't have the space to do proper research, for instance. Um, uh, they just, you know, they people need them to create screens, uh, uh, and screens are maybe the the end component, the end deliverable, but creating screens screens is by no means the only part of of doing a design. So, uh, so those two things I think could be very valuable if you're a bit more mature that you're able to uh, to offer a, a designer someone to learn from. Uh, and give them the space to do more than just UI design. Mm. And uh, do you think if a, a UX or design team is being built inside the organization, does it to be have to be in-house or is a mixture of in-house and external better or maybe just external to be more flexible? Uh... <laughs> You're asking a service provider, but uh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, um, I, I, I don't think that's the big. For me, that's not the biggest issue. To you, you need the 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 people, right? So, uh, the right people, and if you can't get those in house, um, uh, you might go and find them uh, at at a service provider. Um, It mostly depends on how fast your team grows as well. And what we know, especially from the less mature companies that uh, design uh, work ebbs and flows. So one time it's really packed with work. And then two months later, we're waiting for the development team to finish their project, doing system testing, all that kind of stuff. Um, so 
in that sense, it's it's a good idea to find a bit more flexibility. Uh, but that flexibility becomes a bit less so when you're growing as a team. Um, so uh, so yeah, so right people is the is the first answer to that question, and then uh, if you can't find them uh, in the house, uh, start looking for them, and in the meantime, um, you know solve the solution uh, solve the problem with uh with uh, someone from outside mm, yeah but you know in-house is always if you want to uh build that maturity and build that team then you need pe- to be have people in- in-house obviously mm, yeah uh, you mentioned before um that it's important for designers to to grow and also to learn from others who are maybe more experienced And um, now we see a lot of younger people entering the job market. Gen Z um, have maybe different expectations even to that. So is there, are there certain, um, certain requirements coming from younger people, Gen Z kind of um, type uh, employees? That was a great question. I, I be, uh, uh, mostly because I haven't thought of that before. <laughs> uh, um, and because you do see differences and, I think it's great to to uh, uh, let's say use their uh, skills as as digital natives. Um, catering to one type of of employee is is really tricky uh, because there are a lot of people already in house that are so valuable uh, that if you change processes or, or you know you want to do something differently for this type uh, this group of people then I don't have the experience with that to to uh, be very uh, concrete about that um, but uh, you know we do experience that there's a difference in expectations in how fast uh, they want to travel in a sense um, um, and I guess it's up to your culture to make sure that they they um, uh, they get a good space within your company and and that they feel comfortable there and still you know uh, express their uh, how they want to do things. Uh, make sure that you're on, that you don't treat them as lowly employees because you know that's the best way to get rid of them. Uh, you really need to uh, uh, address their needs as much as you do with everyone else. Uh, and maybe you need a bit more time for them than for the others, but that's fine. Um, yeah, and, and I, I, I don't think that as a, as a, not necessarily as a field, but in practice, we're helping ourselves uh, with trying to um, speed everything up either. So, um, as I heard it somewhere. Someone said, "Is it is it uh, agile and lean, or is it quick and dirty?" <laughs> so if 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 you're trying to speed up your process, uh, everyone in that process, including those uh, new designers, will uh, feel that need for speed uh, when there are a lot of 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 occasions that speed is not necessarily the biggest issue. Um, so I guess. I don't have that much experience with it. That's what I'm saying. Um, but I, I do feel that if you treat them, uh, if you try to change processes, then you're really forgetting the people you already have in your company. And that's mm. that would be risky, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, here in Germany, we have discussions, uh, a twofold 
discussions going on. First of all, it's about um, organize, organizing how you work, especially with younger people, like four-day weeks and stuff like that, home right. office, etc. And the second uh, discussion is what you do, actually, so purpose-driven you know, right. motivation. Those are... Right, things, right, right, uh, right. Yeah. That that second part, so the the four day a week, that's uh, that has been normal in Holland for uh, ages. Mm-hmm, cool. uh, so that's not necessarily a a, a big topic, but um, uh, being more purpose driven, um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess you could say that we hear that a bit more as well. Um, uh, and and I think that's a good thing from a. You know, we talk about personal development. Your company should, uh, our company should develop itself as well. Uh, so uh, that purpose-driven um, uh, initiative, let's let's call it that, is really what could what could help us as a company as well to uh, to grow ourselves and not just. So you know, at, they're learning from us. We're learning from them, right? Mm, yeah. Very true, but it, especially in UX, I think you have a lot of opportunities to, um, yeah, to to come up with a certain purpose. Because in the end, if we do our uh, research properly, then we know which user problems we will solve, how we will improve users' life, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So actually, right. this this is inherent purpose-driven uh, uh, work. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So user-centered is is in itself uh, purpose-driven. You would say. Yeah, um, uh, it's part of our uh, our mission as well, improving people's lives. Yeah. Uh, but um, maybe in the meantime, you have you have to guide them a bit because a lot of times they translate that to working for uh, um, organizations that are maybe not necessarily commercial. Um, you know, talking to them, what are their real needs? Is it just the purpose driven? Is it learning? Is it working with people uh, because there's a great group of people can be working on a, a on a commercial product as well obviously um, and I think you know if they want to learn if they want to develop they can have a look at what is it that you know where can I grow where can I develop and and maybe in a, at some point really go to a, uh, an organization that is is mostly purpose-driven uh, in terms of uh, sustainability for instance uh, uh, but uh, um, you know, if if you just come from uh, a university or, or college, uh, the first thing that helps you get into the job market is really, you know, getting a feel of what happens there. You know, the most designers coming from their education directly are design is not the issue. Is 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 getting into that work habit? It's getting into those processes. Um, uh, and and making those miles before you you know settle into what do you want to do and uh, it doesn't mean you need to shelve your your uh, needs for for a purpose uh, I mean keep your eyes open for that but uh, there's a lot still to learn when you're coming from uh, just coming from school yeah so this brings me um, already to the final question more or less so. What would you recommend uh, to those people entering the job market or to those growing into leadership roles, like right. from their first design roles into team lead roles or something like that? What would be your recommendations for them? Um, 
don't do it alone. So um, um, you asked me about, you know, what would be the, the capabilities of a leader? And I, I mentioned that there's not one type of leader. Um, you really need more people in your company that are leaders, not necessarily maybe on their business card, but as persons, as, as people, as designers, uh, having leadership qualities, uh, maybe where they are, you know, great designers that people can follow and see how they do it, uh, or maybe coaches who can help you uh, develop. Uh, and as, a, as an individual, you have probably have some sense of where your strengths are. Um, you could really benefit from from looking at other people, finding other people that uh, that together you can really build uh, uh, the company, the department, the people within the, the department uh, to to grow that maturity, but also to you know to become a great team and uh, and to make great products. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So don't do it alone. That's what I would say. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot uh, for your great insights. It was really a pleasure talking to you and sharing your experience. Uh, yes, we're really very welcome. Thanks for your yeah. time. Uh, it was hey, great to, to have you. And yeah, maybe talk to you soon in the future. Yeah. Enjoy your day over there. Yeah, thank you. You too. Bye. Okay, bye.